Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode 119. That is 119 of Wings, Beers, and Tears, your favorite DMV sports podcast. What is going on, Jerry? How are you, sir? Todd, how are you, my friend? Doing well, man. I'm doing well. It's like it was just yesterday that we were here. Just a few days ago, man. We got a, we got a third member at the table. Yes, we do. Very special guest this evening. Mr. Jack, how are you doing, brother? Fantastic, guys. Really appreciate the invite. How are we doing this evening? Doing great, man. Doing great. We're going to talk a little DMV sports, and uh, I hear uh, you and uh, your crew are doing some uh, DMV sports, amongst other things as well, man. Yeah, uh, so I have a podcast that you can um, access via Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's called the Jack and Tuck Pod. Um, just a, a buddy of mine who we went to college together, played golf at James Madison together. Uh, he moved out to Arizona, and it's just a way for us to talk about our fantasy football group, but then kind of grow it from there into DMV and Philly sports, and it's been a lot of fun. Fan-fucking-tastic. I cannot wait to download, give you guys a little follow and listen, and uh, I can't you get You can enough. listen to the Legion. You can have access to the Legion of Ladies that <laughs> love this right. podcast. That's right. All of Jerry's uh, followers, you know, I think they're probably average age, like, what, 22 to 24, probably sorority chicks. Dude, yeah. their they're yeah. average age is like 60, 60 to 65. <laughs> it's all of Barb's old friends. It's all of Barb's old friends. <laughs> Uh, we are Wings, Beers, and Tears. Give us a follow, download wherever you find your favorite podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, all that good shit. All right, man. So just a few days ago, we did our uh, episode 118 right here, Wings, Beers, and Tears, and we were on our way down to uh, check out the Terps and Ohio State basketball. And it was a pretty big game. We talked about it on the pod that Maryland's season could very easily spiral out of control, and it still can, I will maintain. However... They avoided disaster and got a big win on Sunday against uh, 24-ranked Ohio State. Ended up pulling it out by seven. Um, kind of a topsy-turvy, odd game. And I think you would agree, Jerry, having been there, kind of a weird atmosphere, right? It was like a Sunday afternoon, last day of the NFL season, so there's a lot of other shit going on. The students aren't back in school yet. So it was kind of a – I think it was probably like 14,000 people there, but it didn't even feel like that many. And it was, and it was kind of quiet for the first half. Maryland – Maryland was up and down, down by five at, at halftime. And then second half, I don't know what Kevin Willard said, but they came out ass on fire. I don't think Ohio State scored for the first six minutes of the second half. Maryland came out on a 14-0 run and uh, really should have put the game away about midway through the second half until Julian Reese decided to trash talk somebody needlessly, got a tech, let Ohio State right back into the game, and then it ended up being kind of back and forth affair until the end. But uh, – First of all, thanks for coming out. It was good to get out to a real game. You know, it's been it's been a minute since we were, you know, at a at a Terps game, and uh, you seemed to have a good time. You seemed to enjoy yourself. No, it's not my first rodeo, but uh, it was a good time, um, especially because I went for free and you drove. <laughs> right on. But uh, um, in terms of the game, what we did not talk about during, before, or after the game was that Ohio State's best player did not play. He did not. Um, his name is Zed Key, and mm -hmm. apparently he's a big guy, mm -hmm. and, which explains why Julian Reese was able to dominate in the middle. Yeah, um, I thought it was a little strange that uh, because Julian Reese played so well that he hadn't been more of a focus in their other games, um, and that sort of maybe explains why he because because he was clearly the focus, especially in the second half. I mean, they were going to him pretty much every time. They were, uh, and also um, they were taking advantage of the other freshman who wasn't playing much defense. Um, but I thought Maryland played pretty well. I was I was actually impressed with uh, – uh, it was my first time seeing Willard. He reminds me a little bit of Gary because he's yeah. pretty um, 
boisterous. He's um, intense, man. He. Right. Uh, what I like for him is especially when they every t- every team in college goes cold. You know, even the great Kentucky and Duke teams of the past, like they would have a stretch where they would go two for eight for four or five minutes, have to live at the free throw line. They were always so fucking good defensively, though. And that's what Gary's teams would do. He'd go, hey, guys, we don't have it tonight. We might need to score 62 to win this game, but we can only give up 60. So let's go. Willard gives me that vibe as well. He's very intense defensively. And Maryland definitely picked up the defense to start the second half. Um, Jameer Young was just outstanding. That guy's so good, man. You you called it about halfway through the first half. You were like, that's that's the best player on the floor from either team, you know, and uh, uh, first guard since Vasquez to have a double, double 30 and 10. Um, and yeah, the second half was much more boisterous as far as the crowd went. Uh, I thought the level of play was good. Both teams were scoring. It was, it was, it was a good big 10 basketball game. It was fun. Here's Jack. Why we are old because <laughs> it only took 10 minutes in the game for us to say how much better Cole was, how much, you know, how much, how much better it used to be under the players. And, and when we would go to games and we re- reminisced about stories, some of which may not have even been fucking true. Um, <laughs> that's, so the, we, that's the beauty of being a sports we fan. We have though, become our, our, our parents, right? Do you follow Maryland basketball at all? Uh, I, yes and no. So I, I just think college basketball is dying and the NBA is the reason for that death. The one and done has been a killer to the quality of play in college basketball. I'm a big NBA guy, uh, but if you look at the quality of play now compared to, like you're saying, you're old, but like when I was a teenager was when they won a national title. Mm-hmm. And that two things are the reason Maryland basketball is where they are. One, the NBA has killed college basketball, and two, moving to the Big Ten. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't get excited about Maryland, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I get you. There's no Duke. There's no Carolina. There's sure. no Virginia. It's, com- it's a completely different vibe, and they needed Turgeon to take them up as they moved to a different universe of, of being a Big Ten school and playing Big Ten basketball, which, I mean, is tough to watch sometimes. It's a lot of defense in a, it is. In a, in a sports universe now that scoring is everything. Mm-hmm. So getting eyes is going to be difficult. But Turgeon didn't take them to that next level. He his ceiling was low. Mm-hmm. He capped out what sweet sixteen run with Mello losing to Kansas. Coincidentally enough, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Seriously, that was as good as it got. Under that was Turgeon. the peak. Yep, that was hundred percent. And you can't take an ACC following school and and their alumni and then think we can make this Big Ten switch, which is an enormous culture shock, right? And and not have success deep into the tournament and think that you're going to have this big following. So I'm not surprised that the vibe is, is kind of flat. Here's why I don't like Jack. It's because <laughs> he's smart, he's intelligent, he's analytical. He's obviously done research, and that goes – it's inconsistent with my <laughs> – approach to podcast so you so just I, grip it and rip it the I, beauty I, of going to the game meant that he actually had to watch the game right because usually this is how jerry watches a game pulls up his twitter feed oh maryland's down 10 they fucking yeah. suck yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. Uh, twitter's king but i also have to break your heart a little bit that was just all, all off the top of my head i couldn't tell you a person that starts on maryland basketball right now i didn't do i did more research nfl I, we can go all day. And yeah. I also heard that you guys are big caps, guys. Oh, Huge. I'm a little, intimid- I'm a little intimidated. You should be, because my knowledge. As we get into <laughs> hockey talk. My knowledge. In of January. Yeah. Wolf. My, 
my knowledge of 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 hockey is impressive. Um, <laughs> it is. I mean, you guys were getting into the fourth line in your last step. That is. That's like a. That's like a deep cut. So it's like funny. Your you, favorite. Jack, I, 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 could talk, I live my I could life talk. in the fourth line. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk. I could talk NHL hockey uh, uh, for for weeks. And just not get bored. I fucking love the NHL. Good for you. All love right, it. so Todd, love who it. are the next five for Maryland? I mean, All right, they so got, they got bring the us win. back. Bring they, us back. They Jerry. ended the uh, they ended the drought. Yeah, so they of, play of at, fucking blowouts. Really, uh, dude. The, the the previous two games before that were were quite ugly. Yeah. Um. All right, so they're at Iowa. That's that's trouble. Too many whiteies. Uh. Yeah. I mean. Jack nailed it perfect, perfectly. Perfect. Yeah, perfect segue there. Excited, like Big Ten basketball, Maryland, Iowa. So Maryland, Iowa, I think it's like a Sunday matinee, like a 430 game or something fucking weird like that. Yeah, and the Xfinity Center. Is that what it's still called? It's going to be packed for that. No, it's actually at it's Iowa's. in Iowa? Yeah. The, the Hawkeye Center. Uh, the Carver Hawkeye Center, I believe, wow. is what it's called. And uh, yeah, that, that game has all the makings of being in... In the 70s is my guess. It'll be like 73-70. Whoever has the ball, you know, up one, gets gets a bucket. The other team has to foul. And it, it, it'll probably go down to the wire like that. Um, and then after that, they get an interesting run. So they host Michigan. Then they have to go to number one Purdue. And they're going to get boat raced. Oh, they're going to get destroyed because Purdue is massive inside. They have multiple seven-footers. Maryland's tallest guy six 6'9", and I think he weighs as much as me. I know, so. But- there's no this way is, they make the tournament anymore. I, this is also my problem with college basketball right now. Purdue's your number one team. <laughs> <laughs> no one's getting excited about Purdue. I mean, the people in Purdue are. Well, you know what's funny? Great. You bring up you bring up the ACC, right? So yeah. Engineers, yeah. engineers so the, around the world. So the the cream of the crop right now in the ACC isn't Duke anymore, right? Duke is there. There, yeah. you know, has been right. Yeah. Um, it's UVA, and oh yeah, UVA Tony plays Bennett. games in the fifties. Yeah, it's boring. Tony Bennett wants to milk every second off the shot mm-hmm. clock. Like, what does he say? His perfect first half is we're in the mid-20s and they're in the teens. Yeah, but he's pumping guys to the NBA. Dude, and that's how you know he's it's a brilliant. quality he's a, he's a great coach, oh, yeah. you know? But yeah. I'm with you with regard the to... The judge is a big fan. Uh, the, the, the final, the final <laughs> product. <laughs> the judge, the judge you know, the final good. product does leave a bit to be desired on the college basketball level. Now, at the same time, that leads to tons and tons of upsets. There's no consensus, number one. Out west, everybody thinks Gonzaga, UCLA are the greatest things ever. You come back right. east, it's you know, it's your UVA's, your Dukes. You know, the even in the Midwest, Michigan State, I think, is probably going to make a deep run because Izzo knows what he's doing. You know, um, but none of those teams excite you. You know, the well, yeah, I think college basketball. So I think actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the third thing that has killed college basketball over the last decade is the rise of college football. Yeah. I don't like, know, man. They used to coexist. They used to, but the so March Madness is still king. They still yes, have the 100%. tournament is still the greatest. One hundred percent. Um, and the college football playoff picture is trying to morph into a multi weekend yeah. extravaganza, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, not that we're really going to talk college football because that's behind us. Right. But could there have been a worse championship game? No, but there could not have been a better co- uh, semifinal. Oh. Semifinal weekend was fantastic. Yeah, so I mean, look, man, I, I I was as stunned as anybody that TCU didn't just give it a game. I I, th- I thought Georgia would win by three or four touchdowns. Yeah, right. I was thinking 45-21, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah, but the but you know they they started going for it on fourth down in the fourth Ugh. quarter. It was a little fucked up, but yeah, um, sixty five to seven. That's rough. That was that was it's, awful. Alabama yeah. Notre Dame. What was that? Twenty twelve when they. 
when they beat them down in Miami, forty-two to ten. Yep. Yeah, like but, a, I mean, TCU's pr- just proven they're they're better than that. I mean, they're I, just know. Yes. Michigan, I know. I know. Hundred percent. Well, that quarterback is legit, dude. I love that guy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's an adult. He, he, man, he's Stetson a man. Bennett, 24 yeah. and 25. <laughs> yeah, Stetson get Bennett's like, he's about to get his, like, you know, AARP car. <laughs> he's still in fucking yeah, he college. He's going to rent a car you know? and drive to the stadium. <laughs> Todd, I just don't see how Maryland, I mean, I, I, I am pleased. I, I, I got to be honest with you. Knowing that Ohio State had did not have their best player right. sort of takes that away, um, how good I was feeling leaving. And, <laughs> I mean, Iowa, I love that you only found that out recently. Iowa, well, I didn't even know, but if some guy told me, I was like, oh, because oh. I was saying, hey, they look pretty good. Maybe they're on the upswing. And he was like, no, he killed my buzz. But Iowa, Michigan, who just destroyed them. Yeah. Purdue, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, who that's a winnable game. Nebraska, Indiana, Minnesota. You can you got to win two out of those three. Look, man. Michigan State. I I maintain this. They're going to hover right around 500 until the middle of February. Then the question is, it's a short bench. They're a small team. They're guard oriented. If if they're toast by the end of the year, if Jameer Young's playing 38 minutes a night and he just doesn't have that pop on his three, they don't have a fucking chance. But you know, if Willard pulls some some magic, if their bench continues to play well, if if Reese continues to develop down low as a five. They're going to hang around 500, and if they do that, they should probably make the tournament because some of their wins in November and December were really impressive. They have a good resume right now. And here's what we always say about the tournament, right? Here's a glass half full analysis. When your best player is is your point guard, you can sort of control the tempo of the game. Absolutely. And you can sort of steal one here and there. No no question, man. So they do have that. They're not not bad, right? Right. But I just – I don't know. I guess I just want to see a few more games to, mm-hmm. to see if they actually because they haven't been as bad as the last two games, but that doesn't mes- necessarily mean they're going to be able to go 500 the next. Right. You know, right. I do think I do think 500 is attainable, but there's lots of paths where I can see the, the wheels falling off and just, you know, they go two and five in their next seven. I can see that happening. You know, hey, hey Todd, can I ask you a question? Of course. What the hell happened to Caps last night? Philly? That was fucking terrible. Really, really brutal. This, uh, you know, I predicted that Tom, <laughs> Tom Wilson and Backstrom would come back and they would be like this energy and they would just start going on a run. And the first game back, they had like six shots total on goal. So, and then I'll be honest, Sunday's game is more concerning for me than last night's game. You're going to get a road game in the NHL where you just throw up a stinker in the middle of the week. It's going to happen. You just, there's too many games played during the season for, for that not to happen. That 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 five three loss on the road, whatever. Philly stinks. They're not making the playoffs. It doesn't really matter. That doesn't concern me. They beat Columbus Sunday one nothing. They looked awful. They did look really bad. at home, anemic offensively, and they gave up like thirty six shots on goal. I mean, now I will say this, Jerry Kemper is proving to be one hell of an offseason acquisition. Which is dude. what which is what we had acknowledged the last couple of pods. Yeah, but I didn't know his upside was that big. To be honest with you. No, but yeah. I mean, the last couple pods, we have said, wow, he's the real deal. He, he really because is. Because he does not get a lot of help from the dudes in front of him. Here's a fun stat with him. He's now got four shutouts on the season. You know, the last Caps goalie to have four shutouts in a season was Braden Holpe the year he won the Vesna. Right. I mean, shutouts are hard to <laughs> come by in the NHL. And dude's got four, and he missed like eight games with an injury. Um, and he's got the whole second half of the season to play. So he's he's proving to be one of those trump cards come playoff time because what do we always say? If you have a hot goalie, if you've got a stud, 
you can get past the first round, and then all bets are off at that point. So, well, just with with the insertion of Backstrom and Wilson, mm-hmm. the top two lines have not looked great. The fourth line. Well, remember what I said Sunday. The problem now is there's too much tinkering on the lines with too many parts and pieces that everybody goes, yeah, but they're all better. You know, your Sonny Milano's, your Protuses, we don't need to worry about those guys. Yeah, but the bottom line is they were playing and and skating really hard to try and stay in the NHL, and they had role jobs. Now you have legit studs coming in. I don't like the way the lines have been rolled out the first two games that that the two stalwarts have come back. You want to feel better? Here's a stat. In five-on-five ice time, the second line recorded zero shots on gold, one one scoring chance, and zero high-danger chances. That's fucking pathetic. That's bad. That's awful. (laughs) Ironically, did you see uh, Japer's analysis? Yeah. Uh, Too many numbers for you, I know. But uh, bottom line was... (laughs) um, Bottom line was they did say, uh, ironically, as bad as Mantha's been at times, they're like, he's a possession machine. He keeps the puck in the offensive zone. And taking him out of the lineup, everybody's like, yeah, you know what? He looks like he needs a couple days off. Well, since he's been out, their possession numbers have plummeted. I don't think it's a direct correlation. Just saying there's a lot of parts and pieces now. What's your initial um, analysis of how Backstrom and Wilson look immediately coming back? Wilson looks timid to me. 100%. I I don't blame him. I mean, against, uh, against Columbus, like which was I was actually happy to see. Um, he got a hit on somebody, and the guy tried to get up and fight him, and he was like, no, no part. Did you hear him after the game? No. He goes, I looked at him, I said, bro, like, give me at least one game back already. Right. <laughs> you know? He's like, because the dude's like, you're, you're not going to go? He's like, nah. He's like, right. I've been out for fucking nine months. You right. Know? Give me a game at least. So, but he, but he looks timid, and I guess that's, that's that. I don't guess. That's not surprising. Right. Right. Backstrom, I'm always a little bit iffy on because I don't understand the science and the medical uh, procedure <laughs> at all, right? Right. I, I, I just assume that he has a like an artificial hip, and I'm just waiting for him to crumble in a, in a heap every time he gets hit. But the way uh, the junkies were talking about it, that he's actually not, not in any pain. Mm-mm. He's skating freely even though he's slow. Um, and I don't know. May, I still love to if someone wanted to trade for him to get rid of the contract, I'd do it in a heartbeat. So it's it's interesting because I was I was expecting probably not the the best expectation, but I was expecting Wilson to hit the ground running and just be a freight train. And like you said, he looks very very timid. Him playing timid really isn't a net ad for this team. Yeah, he's got to be a little bit. He's got to be the. the he's got to play on that edge, and, and he's just got to be hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely, I think mid February is when you're going to see him really hit his fitness and confidence and stride. Backstrom looks exactly like he looked before. Yeah, he looks no different. I, I'm with you. He, he is. He didn't have a step to lose because he didn't have a step. Right. It's like it's like a fast. It's like a pitcher who barely gets into the 90s and they're like, oh, he lost. You know, he lost a mile per hour. It's like. Who cares? The you know? one thing I will say, I mean, I don't want to hate on Nick Backstrom. He's one of the greatest players in franchise history. That dude is so fucking crafty to, like, make the pass. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he will do, like, these flips of a pass, and they're right on the stick, you know? And it doesn't matter if his legs are following him, right? Right. He, you know, he's he just reminds me of John Stockton, right? <laughs> John Stockton's crafty with the ball. He can't really run. He's not very tall. Um, but he will get the ball where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And I just – I don't know if long-term, if Backstrom's going to be able to keep the pace. I, I just – every time he gets hit, I'm like, uh, I don't want to see him. I'm still I'm still shocked that he's on the ice in an NHL game. 
I, I, last year at this time, I, I said it here, there's no way he ever plays yeah, again. Jeremy, Jeremy no said the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I was like, there's no way. And the fact that he rehabbed and got himself back and he's actually playing and he looks about the same as when he left, that's shocking to me. Wow. Tells me that the surgery was much needed. Apparently, you know? fucking Carlson had his ear taken off. Yeah, pretty gnarly, dude. Pretty gnarly. I'm, I'm hearing that those reports were a bit overblown. Um, it sounds cool. <laughs> it does sound cool. Um, apparently, he had some uh, some stitches on the back side of the ear where it attaches to the head, um, which isn't very normal. Um, but they were concerned. No, that doesn't sound good. No, but they were concerned with how much you know trauma there was there. So they yeah. just kind of kept everything together. That's pretty gnarly. But a few days later, uh, his wife put up a thing on on Instagram that he was like on the floor rolling around playing with the kids and stuff. And you know, so I mean, he's. You know, he, he has all his faculties. He seems to be okay. It's just going to be a, a bit of a long road before he gets cleared to play in an NHL game. I mean, um, the injuries the Caps have experienced with their top-line guys, right? Their top names, Backstrom, Wilson, Oshie, yeah. Carlson, and there's Ovi, night in, night out. It, it's insane. It, it, it's it's nuts. And He's the best player we will ever watch in our lifetime. Ever. Yes. He is. He said it last time. It's like... Growing up in Chicago in the late 80s, early 90s, and you got Jordan. Right. And do you really know how good it is until the nostalgia sets yeah, in, you know? I, I, I don't know. I take six championships over one, though. I, oh, not, for sure. Oh, sure. For sure. I can't make the you know? comparison, but I understand the point. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's on the precipice in, in a couple years of setting one of those sports records that just no one ever thought. He's you on know, the Mount Rushmore of of hockey just like Jordan is on the Mount Rushmore of basketball. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I would say he should be on the Mount Rushmore of sports if hockey was your mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like, if anyone else was doing this for the Commanders or, oh. right, oh, yeah. even the, the Wizards or the it would Nats. Be like, it would be like weekly parades. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and Ovi is still beloved, and he always will be, but he just doesn't get that type of top-level recognition because hockey is... is it's still it, it, exactly right. It's still the fourth in the tier. Yeah. No matter how you want to, you know, and I'm a hockey guy, but that's right. the reality of it. I do right. think in all four sports in Washington history, he's the best athlete we've ever had in the city. It's not even close. Yeah, I would agree it's with that. It's not even close. Like oh. Baseball, NFL, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I love I love the old Redskins. I mean, don't sure. me, you give me Art Monk and I'll go to battle for that dude, but... But the way Ovi dominates. Is don't don't oh, give this talking point to Doc Walker locally. Doc Walker would have your head. Oh, <laughs> I love what it's Doc. It's a manhood did. issue. <laughs> it's a manhood <laughs> issue. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. Sometimes Doc is the smartest guy in the room, though. I'll just say that. I, he, they, you know what? He 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 wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's been there, and he's done that, and and, and yeah. he's entertaining. Um, but How uh, in the world has Washington played four more games in Pittsburgh? In hockey? Yeah, it's crazy. That is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. And they're up by one point. No, they're by four points. Oh, remember. I mean, Washington had <clears throat> a very lackluster start to the season. Oh, and then they had, yeah. to boot, then they had that that uh, just awful drought where they just couldn't score, couldn't stop anybody. Um, and I just chalked this up as, as one of those transitional years. I mean, shit, a month ago I was telling you that, you know, it was late, it was probably right around Thanksgiving, and I was telling you that uh, – you know, I was fully ready to see Eller get moved mm-hmm. in addition to possibly another high-priced D-man and a couple other guys that are on expiring contracts. Well, now you really have to second-guess that, you know, because the East is really wide open when it comes to, to the NHL. Nobody scares me in the East. No, except for Boston. 
I, I think Boston comes back down to earth. I think I, I do think you're right. Yeah, and that's sort of what they're good. Lobby but there's nothing. The junkies. He was yeah. like, they were like, oh my gosh. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good run. <clears throat> yeah, they're yeah. good. Um, but in the past, in the last eight games, the Caps have, uh, you know, gone one for one with wins and losses. Yeah, I, I the Nashville so, game last week did not sit well with me. Right. Then the Philly game last night, and then Columbus in the middle. Like I said, it was a win, but it just wasn't fantastic. But again, after going twelve two and two. This is a pretty tight league. You're going to come back down to earth. Right. You know, you're not going to go 24, 4, and 4. That's not going to happen. All right. So, next five. Here we go. All right. Philly, Islanders, Minnesota, Arizona, Vegas. Dude. At, at Islanders, at Arizona, at Vegas. At nothing there scares me. I think they have to get seven out of 10 points. I'll give them six out of 10. Um, they're, they're not, I don't think they're going to win in Vegas. I do. Do you? Yeah. And Minnesota is just one of those teams that weird that you weird. don't ever play. You know who's on Minnesota now? Who? Ryan Reeves. Oh fuck. He's you know he's going to go after Wilson. By the way, he's a really shitty hockey player. He's fucking. He's a. He's yeah. He's just like a waste of space. <laughs> he really is. Everybody talks about Revo and he's the heavyweight and he's this and that. This will now be his sixth team in four years. Yeah. Like he's just not. Just any good. put him on there. He's don't fight him and skate around. He's him. a big dumb animal. You big know? dumb animal. That dude can throw hands. Oh, he can throw if he hands. If he was here, I'd give him all my money. <laughs> all right, let's talk about let's talk about NFL. So, so let's Jack do it, man. Going. All right, so NFL weekend, <laughs> wild card weekend is just awesome. It's and loaded. It's loaded. I, I really can't wait. All right, before uh, we get started, Jack Scott Turner. What do you think? We, oh, that's right. We, we called it last week that yeah. they had to get rid of him. What mm-hmm. do you think? So I, I've been I've been talking about this a lot on my podcast. None of it matters. None of it matters. I think it's going to be an extremely difficult spot to fill moving forward because Rivera is on the plank. New ownership. Like, everything is on the table. They're 100%. completely starting over. And it's the most amazing thing ever. It's my Super Bowl, the day Daniel Snyder signs, selling the team. Oh, Talk about a parade. The we minute, need to have a the parade. The minute is announced, yeah. I, will, I will be euphoric. So, but, like, looking at it from a holistic standpoint, it, it honestly doesn't matter. Right. Because they're going to bring in someone. Look, there's only 32 of these jobs. Right, you're gonna want to cut your teeth as a play caller. I hope that Ronosaurus would hire a young offensive coordinator, but not, he won't. It's not gonna happen. So Greg Roman is is up in Baltimore. He's up this year at the end of the year. I don't think Lamar is coming back. I bet you anything, Greg Roman's gonna come down 95 and be your offensive coordinator here. And they are literally going to be a, a coaching staff of dinosaurs. That's what they are. You're right. I mean. I- you're, you're you're right, and but this is a fascinating time in Washington. You don't see this too often in any sport. Is that you have an owner who's definitely going to sell? I I think, and I say definitely. I understand that he could pull back, and but he's going to he, sell. He's going to sell because he's already got quality, good faith offers that he's going to make more money than mm-hmm. he probably thought. Sure, yes. right. So sure. and and he more under, than the learners. What's oh no, no sorry. No, geez, that would ruin. I mean, look what they did to the fucking Nationals. Um, Sorry. But, yeah, no. But um, so he's going to sell. So that's good, right? The problem is, is that it's not going to move fast enough to be able to bring in a front office. Exactly. And bring in somebody who's going to be able to change a coach like that. Right. And get here before the draft. 100%. So you have to think that regardless of, of when he sells, Rivera's here one more year, so mm-hmm. that means yes. he's running the draft, mm-hmm. and that means 
his offensive coordinator will be here at least one year with him. Yep. And it's going to be someone who fits his personality. It'll be a retread. Yes. So it'll be you're a, right. It will be it, 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 the opportunity. Look at the oldest person calling plays in the NFL right now. And Ron Rivera is like going through his Rolodex. And he's like, <laughs> give me that guy. And 100% Ron right. Rivera still has a Rolodex on his desk. Yeah. So I've made this point to Jerry a bunch you're, of times. I, I don't know if you put numbers and phones. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Where's my little black book? Um, yeah. So I, I was telling this to Jerry. Is I wasn't a Scott Turner fan, but I really wasn't a hater. I just thought he was a very meh coordinator. But yeah. I always wondered, did Ron just neuter him even further? Was he like, ah, nice play, but now we're not going to implement that? I think that, they sort of you know? have the same, same, they just have the same outlook, man. They're in their 50s, right? They've been around the game all their life. And when they when they were in their primes, this is how you won football games, yeah. right? You had a quarterback who was a game manager. You had a good running game. You didn't have a lot of turnovers, right? And you had a defense that was that was average to above average. Right. And, you know, you kept the games close. And eventually... Um, you were going to win more than you lo- you lost because your players were better coached. Maybe they were more experienced, whatever. Sure. Right? Um, that's not the NFL anymore. No. The not. NFL is you can't hit the quarterback. You can't touch receivers. Right? It is so offensive oriented that yes. you need an offensive coordinator who's innovated, who can exploit all of that stuff. You have to be willing to get into a track meet or, a tra- you know, a race and, and be willing to go a hundred miles an hour right. and just give it, give it all. And again, Baltimore can't fucking score. So they're not going to beat the Bengals. Right. Washington can't score. They didn't make the playoffs. You know, these teams that didn't make the playoffs could not score. So, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, what you get with Ron Rivera is, is almost a carbon copy of every year because that's how, the gods of football work, mm-hmm. right? He wants to play close games. Washington will rarely ever get blown out. Right. right. Um, he will have a conservative offense where they run the ball and the quarterback maybe throws for 185, <laughs> maybe a, a, on, a, on a good day, explosive day, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, and, and you know, you, you have these <laughs> explosive wide receivers and they're going to be hamstrung. Right. Well, so I'm really glad that you brought that up because this is what makes no sense to me. And JP Finley and, and B Mitch brought this up today. You come out in your press conference after the season, you, you say to the NFL world, you want to run twice as much as you pass. However, you're paying 24% of your salary cap to Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin. Exactly. What are we doing? What are I we know. doing? What are we doing? That and then when Ryan Fitzpatrick was on Thursday night football, the Thursday night we played the Bears, the second indictment I heard, like it was all I needed to hear, is that Ron and Scott don't apply their offense to the talent around them. Mm -hmm. They apply the talent to their system. Yep, exactly. Tell me you coached in the 90s without telling me you coached in the 90s. Sure. Dinosaurs. Right. Like, I was after that. I was like, I'm done. There, but but here's what Ron Rivera gave you, right? Stability. We 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 we, we <clears throat> yeah, stability. He yeah. We don't get embarrassed anymore. True. There's a there's a there's an mm. element of competence. Now we get frustrated. Sure. Right. And fifty six fourteen in Dallas last year. Okay. One out of you know one out of whatever. Yeah. But generally, we're not going three and thirteen. It's not a That's clown. A it's not a clown show. Right, right. There is an air of confidence, um, um, confidence, competence, competence. Right? Yeah, competence and, and, for sure. And that when when we had, 
you know, the last years of Jay Gruden mm-hmm. and all of that, it was like we don't even know what's going on. And for, for all of his shortcomings, and he does, I'm not a huge Ron Rivera fan, I do think he has brought, brought professionalism. And But, you know, but whatever happens, he's going to be the coach next year, and they're going to win eight or nine games. Yeah. I can already call it right now. <clears throat> the only way that era of guy like Ron Rivera, because other guys in the league are like him. They, they still exist like him. The only way you get success is you have a GM who's innovative, who does the player personnel for you and says, hey, Dinosaur, I know you don't like this guy, but he's really fucking fast, and you're going to throw him the ball, and here you go. And then you have a coordinator that has some balls and some moxie that says, we're going to go off script when we need to. It's the only way you have success. While Rivera still holds all the power, none of that shit's ever going to happen. So we, to your huh. point, he's we know exactly what's going to happen next year. We have seen yeah, young, young you know head what? coaches... I, <clears throat> Young head coaches and young coordinators, the innovative ones, they we've seen a track record of success. And failure. It works both ways. Yeah, but that's it, a good point. Because Kingsbury was a disaster. But he came from college. He I, didn't I, earn his chops in the I, NFL. I, I, yeah. I, I agree a, with he's you. A, he's an outlier. He's, he's not your Sean McVay. He's not your Shanahan. No. He's not your McDaniel. Right. He came from college. McDaniel's an- another interesting one because he's being talked about as if they don't, you know, perform well this weekend, he might be on the chopping block in Miami. Well, that'd be, that'd that be would be idiotic. Stupid because it, I think he's a young, innovative dude. I, I think, think he's, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think that's that's the kind of guy if he got fired, I'd be like, yeah, give him a call. I, I think it goes into this is so many quarterbacks are overdrafted. Oh, Tua for sure. Isn't, I'm sorry. Tua is not a top 10 guy. He never will be. Nope. He's. If if you're smaller than I am, I'm not interested. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think he's that bad. I I don't think he's I, the problem no, in my I'm Miami. out. I'm so out on Tua. I mean, look, I don't think he's it, anything special. He's no. he's always one hit away from an injury. That well, that would be his biggest concern. He's always right. I mean, he's proven that if he takes shots, and he's a, I'm not saying he's not tough. I'm just saying his his maybe because he is small. Right, he does not absorb hits like the other quarterbacks no, can. I, I also well, think it's extremely hard from a GM perspective to completely flip your offense. Left-handed quarterbacks—they don't exist for a reason. You have to change everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, true. Everybody was looking for that left tackle, and now you got to look for the right tackle. Exactly. You know, yeah. I will say this about quarterbacks, though. I, I heard one of the draft experts a couple years ago say basically every single team should draft a quarterback every single year. I totally agree with that. He's like, if you've that one, if you've got two fourth rounders or whatever, he's like, use your second fourth rounder on the best quarterback available at that time. Yeah. He's like, you always go to the well because everybody drools for those top 10 quarterbacks. And Zach Wilson, are you fucking kidding no. me? No. I mean, what a disaster. You know, Trey Lance, these guys that just are, are it's just not going to happen. No. And it's funny, uh, on, on my podcast, I, a lot of the reason that it got started is because I have extremely, like very direct opinions about what I think is a successful quarterback. Mm -hmm. And it's not always the flashy thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I say is I don't want my quarterback to ever have to be productive across the line of scrimmage to be productive behind it. Mm. I want, I have no interest in my quarterback ever actually going past the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. If you can't stand in a pocket and run an offense, I'm out. Right. And like you look around the NFL right now, what we had 64 starting quarterbacks this year. And it's because the running quarterback is becoming a every weekend thing. Mm. And it, it doesn't win football games when it, when it matters. It's flashy. 
it'll sell tickets, and, and that's cool if, if that's what you're into. But there's it's a funny how the NFL cycles, the, their fads run in cycles, don't they? Yeah. For a while there, it was like the Wildcat was like the greatest thing ever. Yes. And then about a year and a half after that, everybody's like, oh, this is a disaster. Yeah, this doesn't work. You know, and I, I'm with you. I mean, Lamar in his MVP year was electric. He was dynamic. It was incredible. Well, rewind 10, 15 years. That was Mike Vick. Rewind. Right. That was Warren Moon. It was, you know, those guys. Warren Moon was a passer. He, he, he was more of a passer. Right. You're right. No, it was, he was strictly a passer. I think it was I think Cunningham as well. Yep. Cunningham. Yep. But Lamar is a perfect example of hamstringing organization. Baltimore doesn't know what to do right now because they have fully bought in well, to they, his style of play. And you, know, you were talking about it in your last episode. It gets you to the first round of playoffs. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to come out and be uh, negative about Lamar because right. he is so electric and he mm-hmm. sells tickets. Sure. You don't win football games. Nope. And like he, Jerry, I'm sorry. He does in the regular season. Sure. He is Steve Nash and the Phoenix Suns from 10, <laughs> 15 years ago. Right. 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 He is an electric player himself. But if you can't drop back and bring your team back from 10 down in a playoff game, you're going to lose. Yep. And, and he's proven time and time again that he cannot do that. Right. Um, well, Jerry said it for the longest time with Lamar. He goes, if Lamar's not running, he's not special. Exactly. And fitting your model, that means he's not a sustainable starting quarterback exactly. for your organization. Right. And you know? lo and behold, how many games has he missed over the last two years? More than half. Like He's just not the best ability is availability and he's not available. Yeah. Yeah. And that gets back to Washington because like you said, they have so many like lame duck situations starting with ownership, then offensive coordinator, then quarterback and then player personnel and everything else. It's just going to be more of the same. And unfortunately, if you're going to franchise, if you're going to, if if you know, if you're going to give up and sacrifice the future of the franchise for a quarterback, this is the freaking year to do it. Jack talked about overdrafting quarterbacks. Mm. I agree. That's why you get the guy who gets drafted at, at number 10, and you're like, what, you played one year? Right? You get that. Mm-hmm. This year, these dudes have always been the best dudes, and they've played like they're the best dudes, you know, especially the guy from Alabama and especially the guy from Ohio State. They've been the best in any any level. They've been the highest recruits at any level, and they came to their schools and they were the man from day one, sure. and they have lived up to it. I wouldn't. Hey, I wouldn't draft Bryce Young with a third round pick. Oh, I would. I would trade. I am. I am, I am I so trade. on the fence with this quarterback thing because, goddamn man, for every Patty Mahomes, you get ten Patty Zach Wilson. Small, you know. No, he's Drew Brees not. is no, small. He's not. Drew yeah, Brees yeah. is the outlier. But 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 my point, Jerry, is this: I agree with you. The, these guys. When you're elite at D1 college, you've always been the best player everywhere you've been. That's yeah. just the way it is. But these it, translating to starting quarterback in the NFL is just not an exact science, and you have to get lucky sometimes. I, you know, Depending on where Will Levis gets drafted, I'd take his career over C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young right now. I like Levis in terms of He's what I see. And he has a huge arm. But I actually am glad that Washington isn't in the mix for any of those quarterbacks because I, I just I don't see any they of them sticking. Be. So you, so you would you would give up? I would trade. I would be calling Chicago right now. Hey man, we're talking in two months. See, I I would. If, it depends on who. Everything's up in the air. It's so sure. hard to talk about the Commanders because you don't know who's going to buy. Because <laughs> I, I can tell you, if Jay Z is a part of this ownership, Lamar's coming down ninety five. Yeah, you're probably right about that. He's going to give him one hundred and fifty to two hundred million dollars guaranteed. 
over seven years. And it's going to be a horrible investment, and Jay Z will sell his portion in two or three years. And we'll keep moving on, but like we're p- playing a lot of like what ifs. Totally, we're oh, yeah. playing what ifs. I mean, that's what I would do, but I recognize it's never going to happen with a lame duck coach in a front in a front office with with exactly. No I mean, exactly. they're gonna they're gonna stay put. They're gonna use their draft picks, and and really, what they if that if that's the case, then they're not going to get an elite quarterback. No, and they need to draft offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, because their offensive freaking line is. Atrocious guard, right, Jerry? Do you want to address guard? No, just <laughs> tackles, tackles corner, right? Tackles corners. Uh-huh. Um, you're you're gonna replace the Ron Payne. I mean, right? I I think if to kind of wrap up the way we started with the Commanders, and I totally agree with you that Rivera is going to be the one drafting. I think it's even money that Heineke, Hal, and someone else, no name, not a Derek mm-hmm. Carr, not a big splash. Are your guys going into training camp and looking toward the future? This could be what's best for this new regime because I do think they're then going to have the ability to like load up in the important positions. And then it'll be interesting once we win seven or eight games again, <laughs> what the QB <laughs> landscape looks like. But yeah. it and Rivera has, I think, openly said how much he loves Carr. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So how much is Carr going to cost you? 25 mil? A year? Uh, the the quarterback numbers are now. so astronomical right now, it almost doesn't matter. Remember when Kirk Cousins was going through what Lamar is about to, and yep. it's like, we're going to pay him $20 million a year? How much of a bargain would Kirk Cousins have been after we won the division in 2016? Oh, yeah. right? we talked about that at the time. But now yeah. we would still be talking about his next contract. Sure. Right? So we'd still be in the sure. same boat now. Sure. Yeah, but it's... It'll it's going to be a fascinating offseason, but I will say this, yeah. this. The day that that sale goes through oh, is yeah. going to be one of the it's happiest days oh. as a Washington. I don't care. As a, a lifelong win. Washington they don't have to fan. Win a game yep. for three years. Well, I don't yeah. care. I'm I mean, you, know how me, one. you know how I am after week three. I'm like, who the fuck is this new guy? <laughs> <laughs> He's better than what we had. Uh, yeah, all right. Good. So you guys want to get into the matchups for the weekend? All yeah. right. Let's start with this one. This is the Saturday game. We're going Seattle, San Francisco. Todd, what do you got? I think Seattle stinks. I don't. You gonna disrespect my boy Gino like that? I like Gino. I think I think Pete Carroll. I I hate Pete Carroll. Is there a more punchable face for the last decade in the NFL? He is, he's he's such a, a prick. Your, your whiny uncle. He's yeah, just the worst. Russell Wilson. Just definitely the more of a punchable yes. face. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I just, I can't stand Pete Carroll. I think uh, Kyle Shanahan is a fan freaking tastic coach. He just he gets it he's done. The dude. best in the NFL. He really I, is, I man. He, I, I agree. He's so good. No, I, I had, think they win that op- game unspectacularly, but very easily. I think yes. this game's like twenty three ten. What better way to describe the San Francisco 49ers than unspectacular <laughs> but easy? Yeah, and that's exactly they're gonna win like twenty eight seventeen or like twenty eight. <laughs> 13 and it's mm-hmm. just going to be like a, a yawn yeah 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 i, I was going to go like 28 10 or something like <clears throat> yep. that yeah, yeah. no nah, consensus here for sure okay chargers jaguars it's a weird game man it's, i think it's the most interesting game of the weekend all right jack start us off man what do you think on this one i think trevor lawrence is the real deal <laughs> i like I him Doug peterson is is light years ahead of brennan's daily i think justin herbert is successful despite Staley, right? And if I was Sean Payton, I would call the Chargers after they lose on Saturday and be like, $12 million a year, I'll come win you mm-hmm. Super Bowls with Justin Herbert. I think Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson in a horrendous division is going to win a lot of football games over the next couple of years. So what do you think the score is going to be? I think it'll be close. It'll be high scoring. 
it'll be like 31 27 something like that jags okay so i am not a huge doug peterson fan he's the guy that took jalen hurts out and allowed the redskins commanders to get to the playoffs for like mm-hmm. no reason Remember that was that? fantastic so oh, yeah. thanks dude yeah um, appreciate it yeah exactly he did a Nate big time solid of redskins draft pick right came in i think justin herbert's the best player on the field um, I think they will win. Um, I think the Chargers will win. I don't know a lot about Brandon Staley. I, you know, you know how I am against the West Coast bias. I don't really, in any sport. <laughs> He's horrible in any sport, Jack. I don't really don't pay to West Coast teams. Um, but well, as, I, far, as far west as you go is West Virginia, right? Uh, I, I'll go to the Mississippi. <laughs> to the <it>. Mississippi. <laughs> um, Detroit, maybe yeah, Detroit. So, so I'm going to go the Chargers, though. Uh, I don't think Trevor Law. I mean, he's obviously. Gonna probably a quality guy. I don't think he's gonna carry it. I'm gonna go um, 28-17 Chargers. All right, mm, comfortably. I like I like Lawrence. I think I the phrase I used last week was he looks the part. I don't know how great he is, but he looks the part of an NFL starting quarterback. I still think they're a year away to get their first win though. Something about the Chargers defense I think is gonna throw fits. I don't think the Chargers offense is gonna do anything because I, I think their coach sucks. Um, Isn't Bosa nicked up though? Because he is. Really kept everyone in. Mike Williams and Bosa both nicked up. He is nicked game. up. I, mean, I think the Chargers. Game. I think the Chargers secondary has a day, and I think Lawrence. Get, I think the bright lights are going to be a little big for him. That's it just home though. It is. So I'm, I'm going to go Chargers. I'm going to go Chargers 21-14. A lot of rednecks going to be there in Jacksonville. Oh, no doubt <laughs> about it. Riviera, no baby. doubt about the it, redneck dude. Redneck Riviera down there. <laughs> so those are the Saturday games. All right, and then Sunday gives us the the triple header. We go uh, – we'll start out with the Dolphins and the Bills. You get an easy one, Todd. Yeah, I mean, without without two of this team is anemic. You know, I mean – Skylar Thompson, nice story. I think McDaniel's a really good coach. He'll he'll come up with a game plan. They'll have a drive or two where you go, ooh, ah, uh, Bills thirty five ten, easy. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not like what's your prediction score prediction? Now, we're all a, lo- a lot to a little. I would just <laughs> put whatever whatever the Bills are giving in that game, take the points right. and, and just go to the bank. I'll say something like thirty eight ten. Yeah, but they'll be in control the whole time. All right, let's go to the Giants and the Vikings. This is actually. I love this game. This, this is the most intriguing one for me. For me, mm. yeah. Well, the, the Cowboys, Buccaneers, just because yes. I want both of them to have hamstring pulls. But yeah, you're um, rooting for the meteor in that yeah, game. Yeah, sure. Jack, start us off. Giants, Vikings. Who so wins and why? I, I have to pick this game with a little bit of bias, and I have to switch my pick from my podcast. I said the there Vikings you go. I love it. Look, you're covered. Switch, you're covered. But I'm going to switch, um, <laughs> and I I'm choosing this game for the future success of my my Washington Football DC Prime, which I'm guessing is going to be the new name. Um, for Daniel Jones to stay with the New York Giants, he wins on Sunday, which is actually what's best for the Commanders. Mm. I also think the the matchup. I think Dable versus O'Connell. Uh, Dable just is is the cream of the crop from a coaching perspective, and Kirk Cousins just like loves to throw a dud at you when in a the big game. Perfect he really example does. for him to take that next step, and this is just a perfect time for Kirk to come out and have his wide receivers yelling at him on the sidelines, which they love to do from time to time. So give me the Giants, 21-20 in a a close one. So I think the best player on the field will be Saquon Barkley. I think he has the ability to take over. Uh, I I agree with Jack that I I like Dayball. I think he's a a good coach. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it'll be a close game. Um, uh, But I – 
I predict the Giants will win because, and I and I think Jack's also right. Kirk Cousins has a history of not performing well in these types of games, so I'm going to go Giants twenty-one seventeen. Okay, um, Kirk ruined my money league fantasy. Um, I he was my keeper in that league just because I had gotten him in like the thirteenth round the year before, and I'm like, you know what, fuck. I got my starting quarterback. If I keep him, I'm not going to worry about it. So I did. And he was an up and down year, but he had some really good weeks in there. He got me to the finals with a monster performance. And then in the finals, absolutely had a dud. I think he scored three points in my final game and I lost by a point and a half. So that's right. Kirk, you son of a bitch. Yeah. That um, is so Kirk Cousins. It's so Kirk. <laughs> and I knew it when I kept him too. I'm like, this is going to be my, sure. you know, uh, whatever. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to say Minnesota wins this game 16, 13. I think it's going to be a suck fest. I agree with you guys. that Dayball is, is by far the superior coach. I think Jefferson is just so supremely talented. Yeah. And even if they're, even if it's just a weird game back and forth, all you need is him for a couple catches on a last drive. Yeah. You know, pick up 18 here, 22 there. Next thing you know, you're in field goal range. It's at home. I think, I think Minnesota gets it done. I think they're done after that, but, you know, because I don't think they're that good. But uh, I think they win 16 13. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Good thing Blair Walsh isn't their kicker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. out. Ravens Bengals. All right. I'm going to give you my breakdown. Are you going to give it to us with and without Lamar, or are you going to? No, I'll just give it to you. He's all not playing. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play. So either. Um, if Lamar was playing, I do think the I think the Bengals are a little bit overrated. Um, I, I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're bad, but I think they're a little bit overrated, and I think a little the Ravens are a little bit underrated. J.K. Dobbins is a really good running back. Yes, he is. Um, and since he has been back and healthy, they have he's been one of the best running backs in the league. He just hasn't been shown that because his quarterback's so fucking bad. Um, <laughs> Tyra, if Lamar was back and was halfway, um, you know, he I, he's not a great passer, but he's better than um, Hunt, Huntley. Huntley. He's better than him. He can see the field a little bit better. Neither one of them can really get their distribute the ball to the wide receivers, but the tight ends uh, seem to on those RPOs and, and, mm -hmm. and the, you know, they, he can seem to stretch the field a little bit with Mark Andrews, right? Cincinnati's defense is not great. They do not cover the tight ends very well. Um, and they allowed Anthony Brown to have some success, which would give me pause if I was Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. um, but with Huntley in the game, they just don't have enough explosiveness. Right. Um, and so I think I think it will be closer than what people think because if if you think Tyrone Huntley versus Joe Burrow, um, who's the next Tom Brady, that Cincinnati's going to you know be able to score at will, I don't think so. I think it's going to be something like twenty to seventeen. Hmm. But I, I I think that since I think the seventeen the game will be the score will be closer than the game. Okay. You know. Got they, it. Okay. Um, yes. You know, actually, I'm going to revise that. I'll say 20 to 13 because there's no way um, no. they can do anything except for getting field goals. Gotcha. And maybe one touchdown at the end, but but they will have six to nine points through. The Ravens will have six to nine points through three quarters. Okay. Because they'll get they'll drive the ball from the 20s to the 20s, or you know, and then and then they'll kick a field goal. I can see that. I can see that. Look, man, I think. Uh, I, I do think you're right. I think the game's closer than it probably should be. And a lot of that has to do with Cincinnati still can't pass protect. And Baltimore, they're going to need to go to the well and figure out how to do something. And 
the only thing they got going for them is defensive schemes because they got some they got some athletes defensively. You know, they can bring all kinds of different pressure packages. Um, they drop into like this quasi man with like one dime guy back there. They do some press coverages and just force you to get the ball out quickly. Um, so it, the the longer the game stays closer, obviously the more. Baltimore's defense can influence it and give them a chance, but it's going to be kind of a slow death. I'm with you, Jerry. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 21 10. I think it's just, but it could be like 21 three for most of the game. Yeah, you know, with Cincy just on cruise control, and then you know Baltimore gets a late touchdown, and that's it. Yep. I, I I'm in lockstep. I think your the Bengals are the money line lock of the week, but I would if the Ravens are get, catching more than three and a half, I'd probably take Ravens plus the points which is kind of in line with what you were talking mm-hmm. about, Jerry. Uh, the Ravens don't have the firepower to keep up with the Bengals, but I would take Harbaugh over Taylor from a coaching perspective, especially in the playoffs. I think Taylor is a little overrated with his recent success. Uh, Ravens can't, can't score points, and the Bengals certainly don't have a problem. But yeah. the Bengals still kind of do things and play games that make you scratch your head sometimes. They get in their own way, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Joe Burrow is the real deal, but <laughs> – Money line lock of the week. The Bengals are not losing to the Ravens. Yeah, I don't think so either. All right, Cowboys, Bucks. <laughs> Shit. I hope there's hamstring pulls on one, on each and every possession. It's really the perfect matchup on Monday night really a wild card don't weekend. Like Tom Brady. Right? I just don't like Tom Brady. Oh, I love. He's Tom just Brady. a bad human being. No, he's not. He's the greatest. He's of immoral. All time. I'm just kidding. He's no, he's not. Not. I mean, he's, he's not any amazing. good. He, here's what bothers me about Tom Brady. Oh, He'll throw for 150 nine yards. Super Bowls. I, I get it. He he used to be good. I'm, uh, he used to be good. <laughs> he used to be good. He won a Super Bowl two years ago. He used to be good. Right now, I wouldn't take him for a third round pick. I'd oh, give you the sign whole. Sign me up. No way. Oh my the, god. The dude looks like Todd. He's old like Todd. He's got old man balls. So what? That just shows you how bad the football is in the NFC. I love this old like Todd. How many years you have me by? He's like hey, quite Jared, a few. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. No, I don't think. I, I do Tom not Brady. think that Tom Brady's any good. I do. I, I think he. What? He, yeah, I don't think he's any good. Um, I don't think he'll throw more than one touchdown pass. I think he will we'll throw two interceptions, over. and I think the Cowboys will win by seventeen to twenty-one points. So wow! Really? Do you know the record of the Dallas Cowboys on natural grass this year? No. One and, one and four. I mean, okay, nerd. Dallas Cowboys <laughs> cannot play on real turf. They are much slower. They are they are a speed dependent defense that is going to get run over. Like, how can you pick the Cowboys to win by two scores, led by Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, and they just lost the same how? It's Tom Brady. That was pretty pathetic on Sunday. Tom Brady <clears throat> is no man. good anymore. He's so good. I Micah think Parsons is going to have like five sacks. Eh, it's very possible. He's also dinged up. All right, here's the deal. This is the perfect game for me because I don't really have a rooting entrance because I really believe both teams stink. I think both coaches are complete doofuses. They're they're morons. McCarthy is an idiot. I do agree with you. That. He is a complete dolt. Todd Bowles is such a good dude, though. Former, he's a great dude. Todd Bowles. I'm with you. I love Todd Bowles as my D coordinator. As a head coach, I think he's yeah. completely garbage. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, um, I think both teams are old and washed up and shitty, and I hope that they just go at it and have just a suck fest. I hope my my love for this game would be like a 13-9, to 9, just complete stinker 
on Monday night. It would just make me happy. And I don't care who wins because neither team's getting past the next round anyway. It doesn't matter. I love Tom Brady. Hey, Einstein, <laughs> Tom Brady's the 18th-ranked QBR in the league. He's 46. That's what I'm saying. You love 40-year-old Tom Brady. 46-year-old Tom. I mean, he looks like a freak show. 44-year-old Tom He looks Tom like Brady a freak show. Like, look at that picture. Yeah. Like, he looks like vanilla ice. <laughs> So definitely his hair is all there ever so Dak Prescott might might lose in two weeks to a forty six year old and what a twenty three year old? Has there ever been a weekend back to back? Real quick though, Dak Dak has to be one of the most overrated and overhyped guys in a long time, dude. I mean, look, you know, nobody hates Dallas more than me. I just don't think Tom Brady's any good, and I can't stand him. And I hope he retires, and I want him to go away. That's just where he's going to Vegas. He's not retiring. it guys, like, who's the old fat quarterback that the Raiders used to have, like, back in the... Rich Gannon? No, way before him. This was yeah. before your time. You know I, what I'm talking about? I do know who you're talking about. He would, he like, like smoke on, cigarettes yeah, and, like, yeah. Yeah, and smoke a cigarette. Yeah, 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 yeah. He weighed, like, 240. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I can't think of that guy's name. But anyway, that's who Tom Brady reminds me of. He's just some old guy. The difference is he's also, like, in, in shape like he's 25. No, 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 I get it, man. Look, I'm, look, he's the greatest football player in the history of football. With that said, now he's just a big whiner, <laughs> hates his teammates whenever they when they, whenever he can't throw the ball more than twenty yards. Right. Tom Tom Brady's strength still is to be able to see the field right and make quick throws. Mm-hmm. Right, and he's he gets the ball where it needs to be. Sure. And he's got Mike Evans. He has a 90 passer rating within 15 yards. 25 to 9 TD to interception ratio. I get it. 4,600 yards. He's not any good. He's going to lose this week. He's going to get blown out. Me up. He's good enough out. to still win a playoff game, though, especially yes. against a at Dallas home. team that I think is just garbage. I think Dallas is going to run. By, that, by the way, real quick, how bad was Dallas's performance at Washington Man, last week? It didn't, it, it didn't mean anything, but I fully expected to, to turn it on and see but backups he, across the board, and I was like, why are all these guys playing? But here's, here's I, what was surprising. It did mean something to them. That's why well, they played on this. Yeah, I know. But it did, but it didn't. And I think that's why they came out and – it was a dud because it was awful. Yes, if they won and the Eagles lost, they could have, and and the Niners had to lose. I think, and and you would be able to talk about this better than anyone else here. But like in a football game, if you're not 100 percent committed in the end result of winning, then you're going to come out and have a dud like they did. Yeah. I think in the back of their mind, they knew the Niners and Eagles won't weren't both losing. And they also knew that they were going to have to go on the road for their wild card game. Right. So who cares? But then rest your players. Well, Mike McCarthy's an idiot. Yeah, I mean, he, that's stupid. He, yeah, if you're not all in, then rest your players because you're definitely going to yeah, be someone Yeah, I think hurt. that also shows he doesn't have a pulse of the locker room because mm-hmm. 100 like, But you can't, and that's why they're caught in between, and I think that's also why they had a dud. It's like you can't not start them because there is a chance, mm. right? Mike McCarthy, unlike Ron Rivera, actually probably knew all of the – Possibilities that could come out of <laughs> I know, that. That doesn't bother me at all. What? It doesn't bother me at all. Who? If you lose, you can be eliminated. Who cares if you know that? And who's thinking about losing? Okay. If you know who gets upset about that, gonna, guys I, have never played I football. Even, I don't even know like where you can throw this in, but I'm, I'm just going to bring this up. He benched your boy Taylor yeah, against the number one defense. That was bad in the NFL at their house, right? He wasn't playing that bad, but he was turning the ball over. He was fumbling. He wasn't. He wasn't secure with the football. You can't tell me that going to Carson 
and not understanding all the possibilities of the how the playoffs are good. Like, you can't tell me that making that decision with the idea that if we lose, it's over wouldn't change how he approaches there's that decision. A, there's not a chance in in hell that Ron Rivera, if he would have known that this is an elimination game, if we lose, we can not only not make the playoffs, or we can not only have to win next week to make the playoffs, we could actually be eliminated. He would play Taylor Heineke. He played Carson Wentz because he thinks Carson Wentz is better. Yeah, but I... That's it. It's, but your entire basis of your decision-making is changed if you don't know all possibilities. Here's... That that's that that may be true, but it's not. It's like a red herring. Who cares? Like, if you don't like, if you don't think Ron Rivera is a good coach, and you don't like his decision making, that's fine. But don't use that as an example, because I wouldn't know. I mean, he's trying to win a game. That's all he's focused on. He's not focused on what happens if we lose. And if we lose, I get that. I if understand. we if we lose, should we play Taylor Heineke? I know that had nothing to do with it because in his heart. I do think he picked um, Wentz to be his quarterback. And in his heart, he thought that Wentz could, for whatever reason, deliver him a better chance of winning. I thought it was kind of crazy because, I mean, I don't think Taylor Heineke is great, but there's something to be said about players playing for a dude. Yeah who he can suck for three quarters, and if you're still there, yes. they actually believe in the fourth quarter he's going to make something happen, maybe throwing it backwards. I don't know. Like, right? But the, only, the, the, the thing that bothered me the most about it is just the competitive standpoint of these guys. NFL coaches love to talk about you know going to sleep in the office, waking up early in the office, putting in the grind, doing the work. What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing for well, six days? How are you working 16 hours a day for six days and you don't know the scenarios that exist? See, I none totally of, agree with that. I, that does it, it, it bothered me. That well, what bothers me more is that somebody didn't tell him. Like, how is he supposed to know? Also, so, bothers, like, it right? also told, tells me he's a brontosaurus because he actually <laughs> answered the question. Because Ron, here's you what deflect. here's the most thing. Mo, most here's the biggest thing that bothers me about Ron. He obviously made the decision without talking to his players, like his leadership group, right? Because there's not one of them who would have said, "Let's go back to win." No. Not one. And that's like, my no. whole point. If you went to John Allen and said, hey, man, what are you seeing? What do you think? If you went to Terry McLaurin, which you should do. Hey, think about making this change. What are you doing? It's this Give me is, Heineke. He wanted know. to do it because he brought Wentz in, and he thought he could then say, look where he got us. Yep. And, but that's my whole point, because you had to go into the Browns game going full tilt. Well, I, th- right? they, I think they went full tilt. Full tilt in no, Ron Rivera's no, mind no. is is – we're going to get Carson Wentz back. We're going to throw the ball down the field. It's going to be amazing. And, dude, he looked like fucking shit. That, that, that Browns he game was He was the really, worst quarterback really I've ever bad. seen all year in one game. I mean, within two minutes, the crowd was chanting for I don't know. Two I minutes? still think that the, 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 the Bears-Washington game early in the season may have been the worst NFL game I've seen. Yeah. In, so I, I can't think of anything it worse. So bad. It was just awful football. All right, before we leave, yeah. right now, who's the, who is the commander's – uh, quarterback week one next week, next year. Taylor Heineke. I'm going to go Heineke as well. I'm going to go Carr. You think they're going to make a splash for Carr? they're going to make that investment. I, I'm not saying they should. I just think. You think they will? If Ron think- Rivera says, I need <laughs> I need to win 10 games to keep my job, because that's probably true, maybe even 11. Maybe there's nothing he can do to keep his job, right? Because like if Jay-Z comes or something, yeah. they want a splashy 
uh, guy. He's not that no, guy. No. See, I, I, I'm with I'm with you, Jack. I think that they go into the season with Heineke and Hal. I think yep. they they liked enough of what they saw in Hal yeah. in practices and everything, and then the last game to say, hey, he's a competent guy when when Heineke right. gets dinged up. And then I think they go after that quarterback in the fourth or fifth round. I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Maybe maybe you guys are right, but I think that's signaling defeat right there. I, I don't disagree. That's a good, yeah. I don't disagree, but I, yeah. I, I can see that scenario playing out before I can see them making a splash for Carr with all the unknowns that they have. Yeah, and, and you know what? It, it's 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 better. It, it's easier to swallow if you're not making a trade for Carr. Right. Because either way, you've got to give him a new contract. Right. I mean, either, way, either way, he's getting 20-plus because he's yeah. a starter. That's I've, heard, I've heard 25. He's getting yeah. 25, 30. Yeah. yeah. I mean, either way, he's getting a big contract. Um, but if you can do it without giving up draft capital. The key here is we need to get Greg Roman as the coordinator. Yeah. That, that's going to be the key. Yeah. Well, the key is, are <laughs> you going to get. 17 points a game like <laughs> Is he going to get permission to do any trades? Well, that I think the sell of the team is what the most. Like, we can't answer the question, right? You can't answer yeah. the question because you yeah. have I no think idea. the sell of the team is going to come out Super Bowl week. I think Bezos is going to be your owner. Um, and I think. Your Washington football DC Prime will play every Black Friday after Thanksgiving for eternity because <laughs> nothing diabolical is like your Washington DC Prime. Can. I love it. I love but it. Bezos is going to have a Black Friday game starting, I think, next year to make sure that no one goes to the stores anymore and everything. everyone buys stuff on Amazon. But that's for another episode. But <laughs> I love you can't it. even answer it. I just, you can't I, even answer I honestly, it. Uh, we'll end here. I don't think it's going to be Bezos. I understand he's got the most money and he's yeah. got the most power. I just think Daniel Snyder will sell to anybody but him. And there are multiple people that have offered over $7 billion Yeah, last no, that, I it, it, I've heard that there's four. releasing that information, Daniel Snyder. Of course. He's, he's leaking that. There are... He doesn't want to sell to the Washington Post. No, I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to sell. I, I do think. I mean, this is this is one of the premier franchises for oh, all of the dysfunction. Yes. Oh yeah, and it's it's a it's a cash. Cow. I mean, you have a built cash in fan, cow. Cash built cow. in fan base that is dying. To dying. Work. And the infrastructure that comes with somebody that can afford a group of a $7 billion yeah, you know, I mean, investment is going to infuse that capital into the next thing. Because like you said, I mean, this thing could... Super Bowl before 2030. Yep. We're, this we're, thing we're, could we're, skyrocket. We're not... <laughs> <laughs> and, and Major's like, you assholes are done. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> I don't think... We're not, to, we're not talking about a sale of Denver or we're not talking right. about a sale of Jacksonville. We're yeah. talking about 100%. a big market team. Absolutely, man. And, uh, I predict it will be anybody but Jeff Bezos, but I think you're right. I, I do like your time frame. Super Bowl, you're going to start yeah. seeing leaking. Well, because I think Snyder lost the votes. I think when he went from I'm not selling the team ever to all of a sudden we're we're going to Bank of America. And look, these owners don't come out and say anything on a whim. Except for that moron. Urs in, no, Ursay did that because he knew he had the votes. Like I, I know he's a moron, but I don't think any NFL owner is pushing themselves out there. On I mean, he's a drug addict, like dude. I think he was. I understand. A, he was giving his speech in like but a golf have, cart with a cigarette. They have twenty-four <laughs> votes, and Ursay was Ursay was the the one that tipped tipped the I don't, I, tip the scales tip yeah. the scale and and letting Dan know we have the votes because then Dan came out and had that picture with Jerry Jones on the fifty-yard line. That was his <laughs> last effort to get under twenty-four. Because he went to the most powerful owner in sports. <laughs> right. But the complete change let me know that they had the vote. So I don't think so to back to your point of it won't be Bezos. Snyder lost that power and he's just gonna take the most. And it's gonna Maybe. suck. Maybe. But but listen, I, anybody new is better than what we have. 
Well, it's good. Yeah, it's gonna so. give it's gonna give traction to this fan base that so desperately wants something to hold Anyways, on to. He's been the worst owner in all of sports. I will. I I haven't paid for a ticket in a very. Long, I haven't paid for anything DC related. I'll be at week one. I will be there week one. They're owned by someone. I'll else. be honest. I just won't go to FedEx. I just yeah, hate that. The, the, no, I go. I go. The time even, investment, even with even all the problems, then. even then. New owner, I'm there. Hey man, if you hook us up. With a drop, with a you know, if we get like a limo, if we get some uh, you know some you, sweet tickets, you know me, dude. Gone. I mooch off my friends. <laughs> I don't provide any. I don't provide. I'm looking to you, Jerry. I've I'm never once invited anybody to a game in like a decade. You got the hookup? I didn't know this. He's no. got lots of hookups. He just wow. doesn't want to. He doesn't want to divulge. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Jack, man, it was awesome having you. Thank great, you uh, great DMV awesome. sports talk and and beyond. And uh, we will catch you all next week. Wings, beers, and tears. And check out uh, Jack's podcast if you get a minute. At the Jack and Talk Pod on Instagram. There Please it is. Follow. There, there it go. is. All right, guys. Till next week. See you, brother. Peace. <laughs>